can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. This episode contains adult content of a sexual nature. We discuss sex and masturbation throughout the entire episode. So if that's not your vibe, no pun intended, skip to one of our regular episodes, which drops every Monday. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Hey guys, Hannah here. I am your host today. Welcome to our limited edition series, Beauty IQ After Dark. Each week, I'll be joined by a guest co-host, and this week, I'm joined by Sam LeCaron. She is a category manager at Adore Beauty, and she is in charge of what sex toys we range. On today's episode for the Cringy Convo, Sam and I will discuss vaginal lubrication. Then we are joined by sexologist Juliet Allen, and of course, the products we didn't know we needed. So meet today's guest co-host, Sam. She has been instrumental in the creation of Adore's sex category. Welcome to the podcast, Sam. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. You took a little bit of convincing to come on here, but I'm so glad you're here. Um, Did you ever think sex toy buyer would be something you could add to your LinkedIn profile? I really didn't. I really never did. But I have to say, of all of the categories that I looked after, the sex category is easily my favorite and definitely like the most exciting category to, to buy for, I think. So I'm just thinking, Adore has done such an amazing thing in launching this category and I'm really excited to have the opportunity to be a part of it. And what's a sort of a typical day for you when you're working on our sex category? Well, I mean, it is kind of awkward. Like literally just then I was doing some research on a new product from a new brand and then James, our previous CEO, walked in to just say hi and see what I was up to. And I was like, do I have to quickly minimize my screen? What is happening here? So it's definitely, uh, it's interesting because it's a job of constantly having not safe for work content on your work computer. Mm. But other than navigating that, I mean, it's really much the same as you would approach any other category. It's just understanding who is your customer, what are the products that they want, and then getting them to them. It's so interesting that you say in terms of like, how do you navigate working in this category? Because I find the more that I do it and the more that I talk about it and the more that it becomes normal for me, the more comfortable I become like working on this category. Definitely, definitely. And I think like that is what I want for everyone in this business and for for all of our customers as well and for, you know, anyone using any products from these categories. It's like I just want everyone to basically become as open and confident as we are talking about it. It's so much fun. Like it's not not shameful and it's like it can be a bit confusing but like I don't know. Ultimately, I think it's a really fun category. They're fun products and I just want everyone to get involved. I actually have you to blame. I had to buy a whole new bedside drawer. Like I've got my bedside drawer with like my normal stuff and then I had to buy a new one because I have about 20 vibes in that. (laughs) That's true. That that is one of the funny parts about this category is that much like any other kind of skincare product, like before you decide to range something, you <laughs> want to get a feel for the customer experience. So, you know, I'll get products sent to you. I get everything sent to me. I'm lucky that I have a partner who's like very uh, supportive of my work because I will often bring things home. Like if it's like a couple's vibe or something and be like, all right, buddy, 
get your pants off. Like we have to do this for work. This is for my career. <laughs> so I have a, I do have a question related to work. Do you like trying out the the new things that you want to arrange? Do you do that in work hours? Because <laughs> I've done that in work hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, yeah, I'm working got- from home. Like, why not? <laughs> no, I don't do it in the office. Let me let me just sit. <laughs> it's definitely when I'm working from home. Not booking out the boardroom to try out a new vibe. <laughs> <laughs> so today's cringy convo is all about vaginal lubrication. Um, sex without lubricant can be painful and it can damage the vaginal lining. There's a few reasons our body may produce less lubricant, including hormonal changes, menopause, aging, or medication. And today, Sam is going to speak specifically about medication as this is something she herself has experienced. So I'd love to hand over to you, Sam, and and hear about um, your experiences. Uh, yeah. So just under four years ago, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a type of cancer. And I underwent chemotherapy and radiation to treat that. And one of the side effects um, of chemotherapy is um, a loss of estrogen in your ovaries. And then one of the things that that can cause is vaginal dryness. But unfortunately, my oncologist did not tell me that this would happen. And I only really discovered it, you know, a couple of months after I had completed my treatment and I had sex and I was really confused because I was like, I'm really into this guy. Like, I feel really horny. Like, what is happening? Why do I feel so dry? Mm. And I had this experience a couple of times before I eventually asked my GP about it. And then she explained, oh, well, this is, you know, an effective chemotherapy. It'll probably take a while for your body to heal. So I think... The cringy convo should have been had with my oncologist, but I just don't think he ever broached the subject because he was like this 70-year-old man who might not have thought that this was going to be, you know, something that I would be interested to know about or some information that might be valuable to me in the future. It's an interesting conversation because it's something I think that women would probably experience and then just feel, you know, like um, embarrassed or shy and like not know that this is something that's happening to their bodies. And it's not just um, like chemotherapy, as you mentioned, there's a whole variety of other reasons that, that this can happen. Even things like depression, anxiety, stress, like being really like drinking a lot of alcohol, being hungover can also cause vaginal dryness. I feel like people should have that conversation a little bit more and a little bit more openly. I know mm. I certainly would have enjoyed having that conversation a little bit sooner. Mm. Um, and not actually having discovered it in the moment. Right, like right yeah. in the moment. How long did that kind of, because you said that you stopped the chemotherapy and then it was actually an effect that lasted. Yeah, it was it was ongoing. So I kind of didn't really get get back to normal, I guess, for about over two years really, before I started to feel like like I was like a bit more like myself. And so yeah, during that during that time, um lube was was really my best friend. But I also mm. feel like even introducing lube into into sex can can sometimes even be a little bit cringy because I have experienced guys who feel <laughs> a little bit not quite threatened, but it's like a little bit disappointed if you have to reach for lube. It's like this idea of you know like what like I'm not doing it for you enough and you know <laughs> like need to get this assistance, which is, you know, obviously really disappointing that that is people's attitude. Um, Dryness can also affect, I'm just um, 
pulling this from Healthline, but it can affect people that struggle with their water intake and are dehydrated, people that are using hormonal birth control, which is probably a lot of people out there, Mm -hmm. people that smoke, if you're breastfeeding, obviously we've spoken about menopause, some autoimmune disorders. And then it also has here, if you're taking certain medications, including antihistamines and antidepressants. So So you're basically describing almost every single woman, like everyone would have been touched by that. (laughs) I have to take a lot of antihistamines because I um I have these hives. I get hives when I'm stressed out. So um <laughs> so you're doubly down. You've got stress and antihistamines. And dehydrated. And as dehydration. Well. Make sure you carry your lube with you. So let's talk about how to actually choose the right lubricant. Now something that in in researching this episode, I didn't even know there were four types of lubricant. I thought there was one. So we learn something every day. So mm-hmm. um there's four there's water-based silicon based oil-based and natural. So water-based, they're the most common and they either come with glycerin or without glycerin. Glycerin is actually slightly sweet to taste. Both of those forms are safe to use with condoms. And one of the really good things about um, water-based is they don't normally stain the sheets. Con is that they can both become a bit sticky or tacky over time. Okay, then your next one is the silicon-based lubricant. So silicon-based lubricants um, have the longest shelf life and they don't need to be reapplied as often as water-based lubricants. But then one of the the downsides is um, because they don't need to be reapplied, they can be a little bit harder um, to wash off. But they are hypoallergenic and they're not normally recommended to use with silicon sex toys because they can actually start to break down the device. So next is oil-based. And I guess one of the cons for oils is that they can irritate your skin. And as many people probably know, <laughs> if they get something oily on their clothes, it can actually stain fabric. There's two types of oil-based lubricants. There's natural, might be something like coconut oil, and then you've also got synthetic like a Vaseline. So natural-based oil lubricants are great for sensual massages um, Mm -hmm. because they're safe for the vagina and they're also safe to eat. And then the synthetic oil-based lubricants, they are suitable for external masturbation but not much else. And while they are safe to use, you don't want to use these with condoms because they may render them ineffective and they can also cause vaginal irritation. So probably not your first port of call is an oil-based lubricant. Mm. And then the last one is a natural lubricant, which is basically just talks to the the type of ingredients that you'll find in that lubricant. And so they'll have uh, a bit of a shorter shelf life and they're usually a little bit more expensive than a traditional lubricant as well. So in terms of which lubricant you should use depending on um, the situation, so in terms of dryness, something to look out for is that um, warming lubricants may not actually help as they contain glycerin and they can dry out quickly. So a long-lasting silicon lubricant is probably something that you're going to want to look for. In terms of um, if you're prone to yeast infections, you would also want to stay away from glycerin because it can irritate your vagina and kill off good bacteria. And if you're if you're looking to get pregnant, then you know you still want to 
be using a lubricant, but make sure that you're on the lookout for one that says sperm friendly or fertility friendly, because research shows that some lubricants actually have a negative impact on sperm. So you just want to make sure that you're using the right one if you're trying to get pregnant. And if you're going to use um, a vibrator, so you'd want to use a water-based lubricant. And obviously, as we said, if the sex toy is made from silicon, don't use a silicon-based lubricant. And finally, if you're going to have some fun in the shower, opt for something silicon-based water-based products will rinse off straight away. So that's our wrap up of which lubricant to use when. One more fun little thing is flavored lubricants. I think um, that was actually one thing that I discovered that can kind of make that let's introduce lubricant into into Ah. this, this sexual encounter, like a lot more fun and maybe a little less awkward if it's the idea that you're using lubricant that's like chocolate flavored or fruit flavored because it kind of makes the whole thing, I don't know, a little bit more fun, a little bit more lighthearted. I love that. I want how many calories in the chocolate flavored one? <laughs> I mean, it's actually really handy if you're trying to quit sugar, which I was doing yeah. during lockdown. And I was like, I am loving this chocolate flavor. Here's my sugar fix. <laughs> well, on that note, let's get into our interview with Juliet Allen. So Juliet Allen is a sexologist, tantra practitioner, host of the Authentic Sex Podcast and head teacher at Pleasure School. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about anything that you want to talk about today. Well, let's get started on um, the three types of sex that you've written about, which are good sex, takeaway sex and ecstatic sex. I would love to know what is the difference between each? Good question. Okay. This is something that when people hear, they're just like light bulb moment. Let's start with takeaway sex because that's kind of at the bottom of them. So takeaway sex is that kind of sex that we have. Often we have it or we choose to um, have it because we have like a really strong pull at our sex center or we're feeling really horny and we're just like, I just want to get all this sexual energy out. And we find somewhere we're attracted to, we don't necessarily have a heart connection. And it can often be the one night stand kind of scenario when you're under the influence of some sort of alcohol or drug. And we have it, have the sex in the moment. It can be semi-great like you may have a great orgasm it could be fun but the instant that we finish the sex from that moment or or perhaps a couple of hours later what can set in is a feeling of like the yuck like oh I shouldn't have done it (laughs) kind of like if you ever eat really (laughs) shit takeaway you know good in the moment but you feel (laughs) and and the reason that it doesn't feel great is often we're not connected at our hearts with that person and our intuition probably is like oh I shouldn't be doing this but I need sex right now yeah so that's takeaway sex and then we've got good sex which is what a lot of couples are and singles are experiencing this is the most common type of sex and it's good like it's fun and you know we kind of go through the motions perhaps at least one of us will have an orgasm or or feel orgasmic energy and you know we finish have a little cuddle if we're lucky and get on with the day or fall asleep and it's kind of like that sex where you go to your friends and they say how's the sex and you're like yeah good Mm -hmm. Like, it's good. It's good. 
you know that sex yeah. <laughs> where you just yep. Yep. <laughs> so that's good sex <laughs> and then the creme de la creme is the ecstatic sex and this is the type of sex that is really oh, how do I explain it it can be life-changing it doesn't need to be life-changing though but it leaves a lasting impression it's the kind of sex that you spend the rest of the day you, you think about it it's like deep connection with another human and deep connection, not just at our sex centers, but also at our intuition, which is in our tummies and our heart centers and our head too. So everything's saying yes, yes, yes. And that's the type of sex, you know, I think we all consciously or unconsciously strive for. Mm. Do you think ecstatic sex really sustainable is that something that you can have all the time no I don't think it's something even in your if you're in a really powerful amazing relationship I don't think it's something that you're going to have on a daily basis and every day or even every week be like oh my god there's there was another one shame yeah I think you know with life's ups and downs and twists and turns it's not always going to happen but I do believe that it's possible to have it regularly and enjoy ecstatic sex regularly. So Mm. you must see a lot of people that are in long-term relationships and what are kind of some of the issues that people in long-term relationships have when it comes to sex and and what are those characteristics that you see in couples that are having good sex and couples that are having ecstatic sex? Yeah good question I do I do see like I have a lot of people come to me who are in long-term relationships and that's because commonly one of the biggest challenges is that the sex diminishes or it lessens and then that concerns at least one person in the relationship so they seek support. I would say the biggest one would be mismatched libido. So someone, and it's not always the same person, it can change and flip, but someone in the relationship wants more sex than the other person. And that causes a challenge. And, you know, this can be caused by all sorts of things, perhaps a death in the family or just being unhealthy or pregnancy, childbirth, all sorts of changes cause our libido to ebb and flow. That's normal. One person's maybe up and then the other person's is down because they're stressed at work um, or stressed with the kids or whatever. And then, yeah. It's like mismatched and it causes conflict. So what are those characteristics that you see in couples that are that are able to have great sex together? I would say really great communication in those couples, like very effective ways of communicating, being really honest and open, not just about desires and sex, but about everything in life. So not pushing down and then letting it explode after like a month of not saying anything but bringing stuff to the table consistently to share and be open about. So that's something I see in really in couples who have great sex all the time. Quality time, and that's not just quality time or prioritising quality time together, but also prioritising quality time by themselves. Mm. And the reason being is that, you know, sometimes it's assumed that the more you spend time with a 
with your partner, the more sex you'll be having and the closer you'll be. But often what can happen is we spend so much time and we can become so codependent on each other that it just gets mm. boring being around that person all the time. And the, the polarity between the two people diminishes and what's needed for really great sex is polarity. And so when we prioritize solitude and just doing what we love by ourselves, so prioritize that relationship with ourselves and then come together as a couple, that creates more fireworks and our cups are nourished, like they're full, and then we come together. Mm, I love that. Yeah, me too. Well, I really want to know about um, sex as a single person. I think what you just described in takeaway sex is definitely something that I myself relate to because sometimes I find it really like devoid of intimacy and connection. But can single people still have, I guess, fulfilling sex or good sex, maybe not ecstatic sex, but with partners that aren't long-term or even partners that are casual? Yes, definitely. I do believe that single people can still have really great sex and ecstatic sex with people that aren't long-term partners. So there is hope, Hannah. Mm, I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) I was like, you guys are talking about ecstatic sex and I was like, oh, oh, I don't think that's going to happen for me this year. (laughs) No, it's completely possible. What needs to happen is that we as single people manifest and attract in other singles who actually really want that firstly and believe that that's possible. And then it just comes back to communication. So not just you know, jumping into bed with someone, but making sure that they understand the expectations, that you both understand the expectations of the sex so that there's not someone just disappointed at the end. And then I just really think it's like spending time with people who are interested in enjoying ecstatic sex. And it doesn't need to be ecstatic sex with strings attached. It can be no strings attached. But when we choose to have sex with people who are really in tune with their bodies, who are in tune with themselves, who are interested in learning about sex and growing in this area of our lives, then we're likely to have really amazing experiences with those people. Hinge update. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think, I don't think you ever, because when, when you're on dating, when I'm on dating apps and if someone asks the question, like, what are you on here for? Like, I don't think I'm going to say I'm here for ecstatic sex. I would love to. You should just like send them the link to my podcast episode all about it and be like, this is what I'm looking for. Let me know if you're open to providing that and we can work together. Okay, it's on my list. That'll be on my list of things to to try out (laughs) next week. So the idea of sexual empowerment, what does it actually mean to be a sexually empowered uh, human? And do you have any kind of practical advice for people who just don't really feel that confident sexually? Well, everybody has a different definition of what it means to be sexually empowered, but I'll give you today, I'll give you my definition. And that would be firstly, I know this is a bit of a buzzword in the personal development world, but doing the work on ourselves. So prioritizing, Mm. seeking support, whether it's with um, a therapist or a coach or someone like myself that support and education around how we can feel more confident within ourselves, how we can um, have good self-esteem and body confidence, how we can um, deal with our and heal our past trauma, whether that be sexual trauma or anything else. 
and work on anything that's holding us back from being feeling really great as a human because when we feel confident and we feel like we've let go of anything from the past that's blocking us from enjoying a really joyful life that's when we can feel more empowered in general in life and then with sexual empowerment it's about really honing in on those parts of ourselves that we feel we hold back a common one could be body confidence or it could be um perhaps that our first sexual experience was just horrendous and we need to just talk to someone about what happened and what stories we told ourselves about that experience. Or it could be something, you know, we were caught masturbating as a child and our mum shamed us and from that moment on we just went shut down, like felt a lot of shame. There's so much. So working through all that is really vital if we want to feel sexually empowered. And then I would say it's just like anything that we learn in life. We can't expect to just be great at, I don't know, maths. We can't be <laughs> expected to just to suddenly wake up and be great at maths. We need to work on it. It's the same as sex. So reading books, doing courses. I have an online school called Pleasure School, doing something, anything that resonates with you that will allow you to just to learn more about the subject and gain more knowledge and then practice makes perfect. So practicing lots, and that could just be self-pleasuring lots if you're single. Yeah. And owning that you love sex and you really want to be having a great sex life and feeling confident saying that to anyone and everyone. I um, I really have to ask you, um, I saw in your pleasure school, speaking of your pleasure school, the term sex magic, and I am so intrigued. <laughs> Can you talk us through the concept of sex magic? So pleasures uh, in pleasure school, yeah, we talk about sex magic and it's something that I'm really passionate about talking about because it actually works and it's how I've manifested a lot in my life. So our sexual energy is really powerful. It's um, not something to be taken for granted. Our sexual energy is just like our orgasmic energy. So it's like that swirling energy in our body. And what we can do is channel that energy into manifesting things in our life. So it could be material things like I want a new house. Where do I want it? I want to manifest it using sex magic. It could be manifest the conception of a child. It could be you want that dream job. And so you're going to use sex magic to manifest these things. Before we self-pleasure or before we have sex with someone, we set an intention for that sex session. And the intention could be um, I'm going to channel this sexual energy into manifesting um, my dream job. It's like when you can feel the orgasmic energy in your body and that may be throughout the whole session or it may be when you have like a peak orgasm, you visualize what it is and how it feels to have that mm. thing. I love it. I'm all in. I'm, I'm in my head. <laughs> Sam, were you like, I'm going to do this later tonight? Because I was thinking exactly. in I'm my like, head. I can't wait to get home and manifest. <laughs> I'm legitimately going to try that later tonight. Thank you for that. So as a sexologist, you must speak to a huge variety of people about sex. What are some of the most common concerns and worries that people have when it comes to sex? I would say the, one of the really big ones is just worrying about whether they're good enough or whether they can perform, especially for men they may seem confident to us. Lots of men are really worried about whether they can get an erection, keep an erection. Is it, you know, the right shape? Is she going to like me? And the same with women. We, you know, we can really um, worry about body stuff. So worry, 
are my breasts, you know, the right size? Will he or she like them? Does it taste good? All those things. So really like practical stuff that people worry about. I was speaking to someone else for another episode that we did about couples and one of the, she got a lot of calls from couples saying like, they don't talk about sex, like they have sex, but they don't talk about it. Um, So like communication, I guess, is sort of lacking around the topic. Is that something that you also see with some of your clients? Yeah, that's so common. And it's no one's fault. It's because we're not taught how to talk about sex. Like we're taught about everything else Mm. in childhood Mm. and adolescence and adulthood. But we get to adulthood, we've literally felt our way through sex and, and we we don't know how to approach it and it can be a really triggering topic. It's, it's, you know, taboo. There's all sorts of reasons why we don't feel comfortable talking about it. And, yeah, it's it's common to not know how to do that. And so that's, again, going back to education and being around others who are interested in this topic so that you can compare notes and chat openly about it. Anyone listening right now is they're already listening to something about sex and that's a great start. So. Mm, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Juliet. I am definitely going to be trying out this sex magic and I'll let the listeners know how I go. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested to hear too. And just remember that it's not like instantaneous, like you're not tonight, yeah. you know, going to think about Dream Man and he just walks through the door the next day. <laughs> it's a process. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, but thanks. Great questions. And it's been really fun chatting to you both today. So if you're interested in learning more about Pleasure School or Juliet's work, you can find her on Instagram at Juliet underscore Allen or at her website, www.juliet-allen.com. Both of those links will be in the episode notes. All right. So now onto the product we didn't know we needed. We are going to both choose our top pick for lubricants. So over to you, Sam, which one are you choosing? Well, I'm going to have to choose Love Lube Make Me Happy Watermelon Lube. It literally tastes exactly like watermelon. So, um, you know, hats off to the creators of this product because it is a delicious flavor. It's got a really <laughs> great texture. It's really fun and it's water-based so you can use it with your silicon sex toys. You can use it with latex. It's condom safe, super, super versatile and really cute and sits very happily in my bedside table drawer. Very nice. Well, I'm actually choosing today the Lelo Personal Moisturizer because this one's for a bougie bitch like me. It's got like the nicest packaging of all lubricants I think I've ever seen. It's it really like does. a really beautiful bougie black case, but it also, what I like about it, it's also quite discreet because it actually says personal moisturizer. And That's I feel true. like, like, I just feel like if anyone saw it, they'd be like, it looks exactly like a beautiful moisturizer. It legitimately looks like it's in a moisturizer container. This one is also water-based. It's really lightweight and obviously also fine to use with your silicon-based sex toys and with latex condoms. And you know what else is really great about it? It's in a pump bottle. Yes. So handy. So many of them are in a tube, which can be like a nightmare. You just want a pump (laughs) bottle. Yeah, it makes it so easy. Actually, the bottle is actually inspired by a perfume bottle, which actually makes sense. That's what it looks like. Yes, yes. Actually, really. Does it says here that you could hide it amongst your perfume bottles? What a great idea! 
hiding yeah. in plain sight. Although I would also say, don't hide it. Get your lube out, ladies. Yes. Be proud. Totally. This one's also glycerin-free and oil-free. So that is mine. Thanks, everyone, for joining. I will be back next week. <laughs>